The Business of Life. Brought to you by Country Harvest Meet the Breadwinners podcast. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Jan Arden, and I'm here in the studio with Arlene Dickinson. You are listening to, drumroll, The Business of Life. Not to be confused with the life of business. No. No, that podcast is a completely yeah, different if podcast. If you're listening to that, you could be talking Do about. Uh, there, there probably is a, a podcast called Life of Business or something. And if it, and it's got <laughs> Jan Dickinson and Arlene Arden. Oh my! <laughs> it's like it's opposite worlds. It's yeah. a parallel universe. Well, let's hope not. Okay, I want to get right to the chase. Uh, Serena okay. Williams tennis. Uh, you know she's been in therapy for. Uh, an incident that she had with a with a uh, uh, another in a, in a tennis match, where she got really 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 freaking mad, and uh, she was remorseful about it. What's happening? Oh, you're turning the lights down. Arlene just came over and turned the lights down. God, we suddenly look so great. Exactly. <laughs> we look amazing. We look amazing. So anyway, I I think it's really huge of someone like Serena, who is a massive star, a massive talent. She got mad at a tennis match, uh, was penalized a game by a ref, and um, was, you know, obviously very uh, pontificating maybe on the court, and she felt remorse about it. I w- I think she she is um, she's such an example in so many ways. She's so strong physically and mentally, and she's such a, a fantastic. She's stalwart in her whole approach to the criticism she gets, kind of the way she manages everything. And I I really do have a ton of respect for her because there is no and, – and, you know, we, we talk a lot about this. I don't think – there's no man that would ever have that kind of um, – uh, I guess that to be apologetic yeah, or to, to be remorseful. I mean, there, there's, there's, you know, I, do you remember? I remember a lot of male tennis players throwing rackets, all that stuff. That's not right. But she had that. Was, remember John McEnroe back in the day? Yeah. They, I mean, listen, it's it's anger and managing your anger is really important. And and what she did is she addressed it and she got some therapy because she said I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have reacted the way I did with my anger. And she she understood it and she was smart enough and capable enough and confident enough to get some help. For for it and you know i just think she's she's everything you she is tell. she is everything she's really defining sports and female um empowerment as it relates to being the best in your in your category in your field but with that comes that pendulum that that anger that anguish that disappointment you cannot tell me that people don't pay those bucks to go to wimbledon or go to the us open or the australian open or whatever to see people come unraveled i mean let's face it people go and see a hockey game because part of that game is the fights right part of going to see that game is a brawl where two teams come pouring out of the boxes and beat the ever living crap out of each other mm-hmm. that's part of sport um, it's not, I mean, and, and it's encouraged a lot of times, you know, there, there's uh, people that are hired because they're big guys that aren't particularly finessing, you know, they don't score a lot of goals, but they're, they beat guys up and they're paid millions of dollars as part of that sport. Um, we were talking with our, one of our producers earlier uh, today and, 
and she was talking about the comparisons between female sport, which has been really in the news lately because of the uh, the female soccer, the FIFA uh, World Cup that just happened, and you know um, the women being completely underpaid for doing you know basically the same things, but that their behavior is always judged more harshly if they you know wave a fist at the ref for a call that they don't like or acting like you know doing you know they score a goal and you know all that the dancing and stuff that goes out on afterwards that one u.s player the uh the the leader of that yeah of what's the, um <clears throat> sorry her name's escaping me and i should know it because she was a marvel to watch here this last uh month or so but um Michelle Rapinoe. Yeah, and, and and just, you know, how she was... She was you know, amazing. She was, and just how she provoked the audience and threw her arms into the air. And, you know, she was heavily criticized for doing something that men do 50 times, you know, more than that. You know, the dances they do and jumping in the air and throwing fists and, 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 and people went after her because she was acting cocky. Yeah, and then and then she she had the courage to to tell Trump what she thought about him as well. Like she, again, another strong leader. You know, like this notion that you know they're defined as men or women. She's just a strong leader. Mm-hmm. She's a person who gets up every day, excels at her sport, is at the top of her game, is able to be clear about what she believes and doesn't believe, is, is willing to call out the president of the United States for the values that she feels he's lacking. And and yet it all comes down to the fact that she's a woman. It has nothing to do with her I being a woman. Too, it has she's everything been, to do she's with... very open lesbian. Yeah. And, so on top of that, she's I, also got that, you know, that as so a criticism for some I think stupid reason. Her, you know, her sexuality has somehow been dragged into that equation that, yeah, she's a woman, but she's a lesbian. That's really. Uh, oh think? my God! There's been so many comments about, you know, uh, it, it's so ridiculous. I I don't even know how that has any bearing on anything, but I, I think women will always deal with those kind of comments in sports. The LGPGA, that the Women's Golf Association, dealt with that many many years ago in the '60s and '70s. I remember them having a very strict dress policy and things like that, how they wanted their female golfers to present themselves. And, uh, you know, God forbid they should be, you know, gay or lesbian or whatever. Uh, it, it, to me, I just, I just shake my head in absolute disbelief how people are about those issues. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a lot of respect, um, for her, for Serena, for, um, for any athlete, frankly, you know, here I am. It's not just about female athletes, but it's about it's for any person who has a, the has a, accomplished the pinnacle of their industry, spent a sport, lifetime. entertainment. What well, doesn't matter? Yeah, it spent a lifetime They're, practicing, working, getting up, failing, getting up again, failing, getting up again, yeah. working hard, never quitting, always pushing themselves. The the, the things that they've accomplished physically um, are nothing short of outstanding and astounding so i have a i think i think they're awesome role models and who cares if she's lesbian who cares if you know like i i just don't understand it but it comes up i it makes me when we're talking about this i'm thinking about tessa virtue and scott um um, um, um scott moore moore that you know, and and you you see pictures of them when they're you know from years and years ago. They look so cute, while the thousands of hours that they have put in thousands to 
to make something themselves in their sport and make the entire country cheer and be so proud. Um, I think bottom line, people have to really understand that, you know, men and women are on a very equal playing field when it comes to sports. And the fact that you know, we were talking about Serena's fines being much more severe than a, than a male tennis player in very similar situations that were calling out referees and, and literally thousands and thousands of dollars apart in the financial way that they were punished. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so blatant. It's like laid out in front of any, they make no bones about it. They're not trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. This guy gets fined this for being an absolute, you know, trash talker out on the court. And here's someone like, you know, Serena, who's obviously been leading the path for the last 15 years, if not longer, and going to therapy to deal with her guilt about acting out on the tennis court. You would not see a guy do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, the, the whole, the whole, there, it, it feels to me, it's interesting. I've never, I think we've talked about this before, so I'm sorry if we have, but I feel like. I haven't been as heightened aware of the disparity um, that and, and the bias, no, in general for men and women as I have more now. And I don't know if that's because it's in the zeitgeist and people talk about it more. And so you're more aware of it and more conscious of it. And because you're hearing it, so you start to recognize it differently. I think that's part of it. Um, I know when I was younger, starting out in business, I didn't think as much about it. I was just doing my thing. And I still am a big believer in a meritocracy. So I, I never thought about it as, oh, that's because I'm a woman. But now, I, because it is spoken about so much, I guess I am much more conscious of it. I think it's something that women have been fighting for forever. Those headlines have not gone away. No. It's always about equality. It's always about, you know, pay equality, you know, equality in the workplace. I mean, everything from how a woman is supposed to dress to how she's supposed to act. um, In in so many ways, the, the Me Too movement has... You know, it, it's it's been one of those things that's kind of backfired in a lot of ways. I, I talk to my girlfriends about this all the time, about how women's issues, it's like we can only push so far, so fast. And then there's this a, a, enormous blowback, not not just from men, but from women as well, that are always, like I always feel like I always have to defend what my idea of feminism is. And I... I don't do that with my male friends. I do that with my female friends. Interesting. That I'm always kind of defending what my idea of feminism is, you know, to be able to, excuse me, make my own decisions, to be paid fairly, to, you know, to be in an environment where I can dress the way I want and behave the way I want and, and feel empowered without any kind of recourse and I I have female friends that are just like well you're not a true feminist because you don't do this 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 and this anyway I I I find it amazing and even with the soccer thing even with uh, um, you know the World Cup I had so many of my female friends going she was a bit much though don't you think there's a fine line there because I sometimes see women doing things and I think, oh, I should call, you know, like that's not appropriate or I think that's not good. And then I think, but if I say that's not good, I'm going to be accused of not being supportive of women. So it, like, it's a very interesting thing. Damned but, if you do, damned if you don't. But speaking of women and speaking of, you know, you know friendships, et cetera, how's your love life? 
Why are we doing this? Okay, I'm I, here in the studio with no, you, and here, I want to. I'm willing to to speak to this. Okay, I had dinner with a couple of my actress pals the other night, and this they have talked me into going on this app. Uh oh! No, no, no! It's not not what you think. Like Tinder, and and don't don't judge me, anybody. I'm not going like, to judge because you. It's called Raya. It's R A Y A. Oh yeah, Raya's been around for a while. Uh, okay, well I didn't know anything about this. My yes. friends are looking at me. They were talking about. And it's really liberating only. things. Like I was hearing about dates they'd been on, and and like there's there's couples on these dating sites that they're actually going on as a couple, looking for I don't know. I am just so out of it. Anyway, Raya, you you have to prove that you are a famous person. Yes. Or a well-known business person. They look at your social media. You have to be. Um, Celebs dating celebs, you guys. I don't, but I don't. Anyway, <laughs> I've gone is. on to this. I have not heard back from the app yet. So, Raya people, here's me saying to you, I don't even know what that means. I've gone on it. I'm never going to use the damn thing. Just FYI. Yes, you are. No, Why I'm not? not. What am I? No. So Why'd you go <clears> on it if you're not going to use it? Because I was sitting don't at say dinner. That. No, you're going to do no, it. No, I was sitting at dinner and I just, you know, my friend was like, just do it. Just sign up. So, I had to sign this thing up what my job was, what my social media, what my Instagram was. And then this is the note that I got. Thanks for your interest in joining our community. We've received your application and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Once we decide if you're worthy. I don't know. Maybe you How have to have... How does that make you feel? You have to have enough followers or anything like that. But anyway, last last night at dinner, I heard nightmare uh app stories, dating app stories. Like just nightmarish. How so? Uh, just things that went really wrong. Awkward, horrible kisses in the back of Ubers. Um, weird situations. Ghosting. Uncomfortable coffees. Uh, people lying about their ages. Uh, my one friend was just saying, you know, he said he was 24. My friend's in her 40s great that's friggin awesome he wasn't 24 she figures he was like 18 or 19 <gasps> really oh yeah and his thing was older women and <laughs> uh I, I just i i sat there and i'm eating my pizza and i'm looking at her going so you know what anyway i just and she's just like what do you do you know you show up in this date and they've got like peach fuzz on their faces and you're like you how old how old is she 41 yeah i know so what's so if that was a guy everybody go oh that's awesome no no we i know we've talked about this before david foster just just married um catherine mcphee and she's 35 years younger than him i think i think she's 35 i don't care about it i'm like i said i i'm i'm anytime you find love i'm happy for it True. My my point being is that I'm watching, you know, or listening to these stories unfold about these sites, and I'm just I I think it just is an organic thing. My entire life, I've just met people in a work situation. I mean, back in the day, you just slept with whoever was in the band. It was easy. It was like real life Tinder. Yeah, that was my that was it my was, experience it, too. <laughs> No, 
you did. Yes, I did. did. Did you? Yes. Okay, but you are avoiding. Okay, so here we go. I'm gone. not avoiding I the asked, topic. I asked how your love life was, uh, and you went to, oh, not... I'm on an app, and I'm not going to use it, and now even... let's talk about me, and I slept with the band. I haven't I wanna... been accepted on the app. I My love life is, I, I'm I on have, it. You want to go on I it? have very significant <laughs> friends, and I have amazing friends. I'm actually and actually, on. with, with uh, I'm not, Rose... Um, Rose Cousins is she is just like my kindred Rose. spirit she's, she's awesome. so amazing and Rose and I have unbelievably candid conversations and because we are living parallel lives in so many ways um, she's a traveling minstrel she's all over the country all the time she just came back from Europe and we really talk about the reality of loneliness. We talk about the reality of feeling isolated within our jobs. We talk about, you know, making sure that we really check in with each other of how we're feeling, that it doesn't ever get to the point where it feels critical or it feels like, you know, we're not coping properly. So, and I always say to her, you know, saying stuff out loud and talking to you about really sensitive things because, you know, you don't want to feel like a loser. You don't want to feel like you're that FOMO, you know, fear of missing out on life. And, you know, I can be standing in front of 10,000 people and, and singing songs and I go back to the hotel room and, you know, throw on the TV or, you know, check my phone or look at stuff and sometimes I'm just like wow this is this is real life this is this is where I'm at do and, you, does that mean- and I do worry about I, I would like to have someone in my life but I and I've said I, I, I mean this so earnestly I'm not ready I'm not ready I'm just not ready to to I, I still have a lot of healing to do I was in relationships for 30 years I never came up for air I went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And it's been three and a half years now. And I just, I don't even think that's, as you know, it goes by in a flash. Yeah, I mean, those are all fair points. And I get that. I think the, I think the lonely, the, the comment you made about loneliness, though, is interesting to me. Um, I, have, I have moments where I definitely feel alone. But I, I haven't felt lonely for quite some time, you know, like where I've, I've, I honestly don't even remember feeling like lonely because I know that there's so many people like I can text you, I can talk I to I think it's because my parents are gone. But, you, but don't you, isn't that about feeling alone? No, I, I think it's because my, 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 because mom and dad are gone. Yeah. And I know our, this, the parents die. That's what they do. But I, you, you can, you're never prepared for it. But I really think the absence of my mother yeah, made has made feel... me feel lonesome. Huh. Um, and I'm just, she's been gone seven months almost. Yeah. And I just am not quite through it yet. I'm still swinging the bat through all these grief weeds Yeah, and I kind of come out the other side, but I hear her voice going, don't worry about it. And I don't worry about meeting somebody. I meet hundreds of people, but I haven't met anyone that that gets my attention and I know how I am I know myself after all these years after 35 years of seriously dating I know what I need to get myself off of this fence and that's not happened yet I I want you to know uh, I'll be very I'll also be very honest we went out on a national podcast (laughs) that is heard by (laughs) tens of thousands of people 
and we said that I really like farmers. And is there a farmer? What happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. That's what happened. Nothing. So if you want to feel like a complete loser, tell you know, go out on go out on a podcast, put yourself out there, and say, "Hey, farmers, I'm here." Nothing. B I N G O. B I N G O. Nothing. Nothing. Well, so that really made me laugh. And maybe the farmers thought you were kidding. We were pretty direct. Like, I don't know what else we could say. Okay, there's a guy. I have, there's a guy that cuts my field at the end of my road. He mows your grass? He mows my grass, Arlene. (laughs) (laughs) And um, (laughs) we're just being so goofy. Um, I had a power juice. It's done something to my mind. I haven't So... I, I, uh, he mows my field in a really nice tractor. And you know what they say about a guy with a nice tractor. <laughs> so, so I, I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, let me ask you this. Are you one of those types of women that likes to be set up? Because I would be mortified if someone set me up. And I wouldn't go. And I would barricade myself into the house. So I don't, so would, so, you, would you like to be set up if I said, oh, Arlene, I do know a farmer. His name's Bill, and he's fifty-five years old, and I'm going to set you up on a dinner. Would you do it? No. Okay, well then, where does that leave us, Arlene, in this little <laughs> room with no air conditioning? <laughs> Dying. Okay, but even worse than that is I'll sit there and think, oh, you know, I wish I could, I'd like to go on a date with somebody. I wish I could meet somebody. And then I'll Would realize you just... that I've, I'm staying home all the time like because I'm working so much that when I get home, I don't want to go out. I don't want to, and I, I'm becoming more and more antisocial. What do you think of casual sex? Is that in your wheelhouse? Mm. Could you just have sex with someone that you kind of don't know? And or kind of do know. I don't even know what the right way of saying that is. But is casual sex something that you're comfortable with? I am not comfortable with that. I am. That not is not my that. thing. No. So you know, most of the relationships I was in probably should have been one nighters. Okay, to be honest. Yeah. Probably should have been a one off. But five years later, hi, here I am. So anyway, I'm. I don't know whether to be mortified or proud of that fact, but. I am not a casual sex person no, me either. at all. Me either. That's and, not that's not my that's that's never been. I, I mean, if we talk about sexual liberation and women should be able to say, oh, go but for that it. but I don't know, like that to me that's not liberating. To me that's like mortifying too. Like it's like, oh my goodness, like I don't even like I don't even Do you think like, it's our Mormon backgrounds? Yeah, that for it sure. Do you really? For sure. I'm being really honest. I mean, right we now. were taught that masturbation <gasps> or, you know, casual like sex before you were married or That's when or, the Levi Lovin comes in that, with the with the Mormons. <laughs> Back on that. Um but we were taught that was wrong. Like you didn't do those things. Like you would I, I remember I mean, listen, like I you? remember sitting, you know, they used to do those interviews with the young women. Right, and they yes. they they'd ask you if you'd you know had you been touched inappropriately? Had you ever done anything wrong? Are you like by they, the? Are you talking about by the bishop? Of yeah, the church? by the bishop. Oh, yeah, of the church. I, I, like, why weird is some weird man asking me these things? Exactly. I did, but at the time it was oh no, that's what we do. Yeah, you get like you get into this kind of uh, cadence where you think that that's normal. Yeah, you do. You have these 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 guys <clears throat> asking all you men. all these really really intimate questions. And that part of that religion is is bizarre to me. I, I, it's not. I don't know. Especially when they're digging for it. But let's we'll move off that because I don't want to get myself into too much trouble. But yeah, it's. I, I think everyone was very puritanical in those days. I I don't think it was 
solely part of the Mormon religion. I think every religion frowned upon sex before marriage. I mean, can you imagine? I, I mean, and all those people that have not had sex before they're married. I mean, I guess kudos to you, but it's such an intricate part of loving someone. And you can be kind of, don't you want to find someone who's compatibly physically with you? I mean, that could go sideways. Yeah. That could be really terrible. <laughs> like really kissing. Terrible. If, kissing is big for me. If Yeah. I, I mean, I, I knew, too. Yeah. you know, even on casual, you know, dates back, even in my 20s, I was like, my 30s, if you can't kiss, we're, this isn't going any further than this. Yeah. No, you have to. I don't want to a tongue it's, darting I, I, in and out of my mouth. the eyes. If I can't look somebody in the eyes and, and, and just instantly connect, if I don't have that kind of chemistry with somebody, I am not going to have a relationship. So what's wrong with that is that you don't you, you shut down the opportunity to have a relationship with somebody who's more of a friend with you or somebody who that you but can... But that's what I mean. They say you can grow into love. And I kind of go, oh, no, I better have not, that thing. It's not 1860. That, I know. We will learn to love each other. You know? <laughs> I, I, I just... Night, Mary Ellen. I, oh, wrong way. <laughs> There we go again. We had a fight about that show. <laughs> the, Waltons. the Waltons. You're like, no, it's the Brady Bunch. It's the Little House on the Prairie, I said. <laughs> Night Billy Bob. The Little Waltons. Whatever. We'll call but, it the Little Yeah, Waltons. what is your name, Night, whoever you are? Um, Listen, I think I think that the whole... I, just speaking about this, make, I my mind went somewhere very okay. weird. Tell me where. I, we we want to know. So my mind went to, as you get older... Mm-hmm. Okay, for every woman out there that is over 50, okay. one of the things your doctor is going to ask you when you think about, you know, aging, she's yeah. going to ask you if, you know, are you, are you more incontinent? Do you, like, are you finding it more difficult to, to not, you know, have to go to the bathroom every five minutes? Are you finding, like, because the floor of your, um, <laughs> you need, <laughs> I had the most <laughs> I'm trying. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm. I'm like. I'm trying to explain this to Jeff, and I'm looking at her. <laughs> the floor of your uterus or the floor of your apartment? <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, the, I'm kind of using my hands to explain as I'm talking what oh, I'm talking about, and she see. started. And she looked at me, and she just burst out laughing. I was good until you so- kind of started making a V with your hands. <laughs> So the floor of your uterus or the, the your bladder walls. Yes. Like I know all that stuff. Yes. That's when the Kegel comes in. We talk about but this ke- once but a week. Ke- but Kegels are not going to solve this. I mean, if it falls, it falls. God, I thought <laughs> like you were going to say something. I thought you were going to say something way worse about your doctor's going to ask you, are you having intercourse on a regular basis? Yes. No, they do. do. You they feel do like, a, they ask do you, you that too. Do you feel sexual? Do you, you know, now they're slapping testosterone patches on the inside of women's legs to kind of get the juices flowing. What? No, I don't. Yes. What? They're using all kinds of things you know it's like my friend i, I can't say her name because people do listen to this my friends listen anyways my friend was like listen i love my husband i just don't want to have sex with him right now and i haven't wanted to have sex with him for about four years and he's That's getting kind the of floor of her uterus is down by her knees and anyway, she can't she, she can't got, hold herself she got a testosterone every hour she got a testosterone patch and things are sparking Crazy. on a nightly basis really yes 
Really? So I'm glad we can talk about this. This is the show, I... folks. You're listening to The Business of Life with Jan and Arlene, and you cannot tell me that this isn't interesting, because it is. Well, for those of you who are under 50 and wondering about how golden the later years are, they aren't so golden, let me they tell you. They are so golden. Like, things fa- no, <clears throat> things fall. Everything falls. I have nothing like, falling on me yet. You, you're, just give it a year. Oh, I'm my telling you, you got that to look forward to. Like, it's like, I always say I have the same body I've always had. It's just two inches lower. And apparently... <laughs> Apparently, that counts, <laughs> even internally. Like, everything drops. Well, then, I, I'm not speaking from experience, mind you. I'm only speaking from what my doctor asked me. Uh, but I know that, it, you know, like, I, I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking it's going to happen. Because why would they ask that question unless it was really common? And well, when she said, I kind of looked at her and she said, she said, are you snoring more? Are you how do you know if you're snoring or you sleep more? alone? They and have I'm, an app. They have an but app. But I don't. Okay, first of all. All these things she's asking, because I guess when you turn 60, it all goes to hell in a handbasket. This is not true, ladies and gentlemen. This is true. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Send your letters to Arlene. To my... Well, you can... can, Well, did she offer any solutions? Did she say, start doing this? Well, we'll come back. I'll tell you what she told me to do. Okay. talking here back with Jan and Arlene and we're talking about the advice doctors <sighs> give you when you go into the you know office to get your physical at the age of 60 okay and the things that they ask you make you wonder in your head what life has got ahead for you. And this all started with her asking me how my love life was. So let's just go back <laughs> well, because 20 it, minutes. It all comes back. They'll they ask you, are you, you know, are you are you active? Sexually active. Sexually active. Do you have to go and then it goes into do you need to go to the bathroom more frequently? And you go, what? And are you snoring more? And you're going, what? <laughs> and you think, well if I have to go to the bathroom more frequently and I'm snoring more, that answers question number one. I'm not having sex more frequently because who wants to be in the same room as me? So, so, so she said, so I said to her, well, is that what I have to look forward to? And she said, it's very common that your uteral wall will collapse or fall with age and that there is a procedure they can do, Jan, to lift it up. Apparently, I, you know, and it may be like vaginal reconstruction surgery. I, I guess, because is that what it's called? Well, no, they, they can give you a, a youthful uh, no, undercarriage. I think, no, that's different, I think. Okay, well, because people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, they have the billboards in Los Angeles for that surgery. What? So I'm driving down Sunset and I'm like, and wow, is that a giant billboard for... You know, is that a giant uh, uterus? Yeah, I'm not going to keep saying that. (laughs) But a giant vagina? Yeah, but people are paying for that after they've had kids. You've had what? I've had six. Six. Well, six pregnancies, four children, four, four, four to term, two miscarriages. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah, had six pregnancies in six years, basically seven years. That is yeah. that's hard yeah, on a that was woman's the, body. Yeah, that was the Mormon way. Listen, yeah, it was. But it was, I love my children. So you I were grandparents know. at forty-one. I was. Yeah, that's true. When were you a grandma? Were I you was in a your forties? Forty-four. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is something else. Yeah. But it's so true. It's it's just very young. But you know, I think I, I back to what the doctors can do. Apparently. You know the snoring thing. I don't know anything about, and there I'm not. Gonna, I am not. You, going you to can get an app, an app and you set it by your bed. And when you're snoring, it the the microphone kicks in. And Why do you want to know? Well, that? I just some people do. I don't know. Why do you want to know that? I don't want to know that. Well, maybe you should what? know that because you might have sleep apnea or something. Uh, 
Don't you think you'd know if you had sleep apnea? But I, I guess you're how dead. Would you, yeah, it's yeah, it, you don't know. You you're don't just know. dead. It happens. You're, you're at done. the pearly gates, going, "Darn, I had sleep apnea." I think if you were at the pearly gates and you say, and Saint Peter or whoever says, "How did you die?" and you say, "From sleep apnea," I think he sends you to hell because <laughs> like you could fix that. You could have fixed that. There's no end to the ways we can get out of the world. No, that's but not true. Back, I'm sorry for all of you who have sleep apnea. I know no, that I'm I know. not making fun. No, I, no, I know. It, it's it, it's tough. It's, it's serious. It really is serious. Send your letters. Not as serious <laughs> as a as a fallen uterus, because I think that one scared me the most. I thought, really? But I feel like you know, like can I? I, I do. Sorry, go ahead. I have an 87 year old friend, Marianne Seely. You're out there. She's just turned 87 in April. She is the most inspiring, unbelievably strong, hilarious woman I know. And Marianne, I don't tell you this enough, but you have been such a beacon. And I say that like with joy in my heart of where I'm going, where I'm headed what life can look like. She is driving a car. She is in, she travels constantly. She goes, I mean, whenever she tells me this, she goes, yeah, I've got a senior's home visit later this afternoon. I'm, I'm bringing in some prayer cloths. You know, she knits these little prayer cloths with little, um, like amulets on them. And she goes to see, oh yeah, she's 89 and she's still doing great. And someday she knows me, someday she doesn't. But Marianne's 87 and she just doesn't, you know, she's planning her 90th birthday party. We're already talking about it in Vegas. She goes, we're going to Vegas. I even know the machine that I want to get on. And she plans things that she wants to do. That's awesome. And her daughter, Joanne, is is fantastic. And she's, Joanne's in her 60s. But, I mean, she just is, she's had surgeries, like, in her mid-80s of just little things she needs to get, you know, dealt with and fixed up. And, you know, I just... So I look at her and I'm like, that's what it can look like. And it's it's having things to do and looking forward to things and having a purpose-driven life. So whatever happens to me, whatever happens to my body, whether my bladder starts giving out or, you know, this goes that way or that goes that way, I'm I have my arms are open wide. I'm gonna see what this old face looks like and you know, I hope that I'm given the opportunity to be an old lady. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what oh. what does that feel like? What does it seem like? What does that wisdom feel like in my body? We're going to die. I'm not afraid of that. I want to just be here and experience what physical life is for as long as I can. Yeah. And whatever that means, the grace to to cart around in this body. And I'm doing my very best to look after this thing. Um, you know, it's my spaceship. Yeah, so, um, but it's, our, it's a vessel, right? That yeah. holds our that holds our I mean, our soul, and I believe that too. So I think I think you make some really good points, which is as long as we are alive, um, let's let's do the best we can to be strong and and healthy. But I think and it's never too late to, to there's, start. There's nothing more attractive to me than a, a man or a woman who is elderly, who who is confident and in and 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 actually has that wisdom etched in their face. They they aren't they aren't they, but they're dressing they dress how they want to they dress youthful they dress they don't care they're you can tell they just genuinely are <clears throat> one with themselves yeah and and that when you see that 
and you and you recognize it, it's generally because they're surrounded by people who respect them and honor them mm-hmm. and 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 have understand the wisdom that they that they have and they're called upon to be part of 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 what's happening in the, the world. world as opposed to sitting you know alone and so i think part of what we have to do as we are all aging is realize and recognize that seniors do need the support and the respect that they don't get always because some people do lose their ability to move and and to hey, think I as could well. be completely and, bonkers at 75 I don't know if I'm anything like my mom and I'm gonna be fine with it it's the four buggers around me that are gonna have a few issues with me not knowing who they are or if I had underpants yeah. on or did I, if I've fed the dog 67 times that day you know I'm okay with it because I'm not gonna know I'll know for a very brief period of time. So I, you know, people are always like, aren't you afraid of that? I'm like, no, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not living my life afraid. I know how this ends. I know where I'm going to go. But in the meantime, I'm going to live. But as far as being fearful of that, not at all. There's no part of me. My mother gave me a gift that will permeate every cell of my body until I puff out too. And I'm not worried about it. I'm just not. Yeah. My dad spent his whole life being so scared. I watched it eat away at him. He was he was afraid of death. Yes. And it yeah. was part of the religious rhetoric that was pounded into him as a young man. My mom didn't have that. Was your dad Mormon? Yes. I mean, he was a storm in Mormon. You know what that, he, yeah. you know, he was drinking beer and all, the, the 20, in his 20s, he was out of the church. Yeah. And he said to us, he said, I resented having to go to that church and I don't expect you to do it. I mean, my great grandfather built one of the biggest Mormon temples in the country in Cardston, um, turn of the century hmm. of the, not this century, but of the 20th century. But I, um, yeah, I just, I'm not, I look at my face and I see new lines all the time and I'm like, that is amazing. It's like your body is a map. And I just look at this, the places that it's been and, um, I just have changed so, my thinking has changed so profoundly in the last three or four years because of getting older. And I feel better now than I did at 35. Yeah, I, I'm, I think we're very much um, alike that way. Like I don't, I have no, and we've talked about this before, I've, I haven't had Botox and I, you know, like I, th- I think about it and I think. I've had Botox. Yeah, I no, Botox. It's, I'm not, I don't mean as a criticism. No. I'm saying I haven't. Um, people have, who knows if I ever will. I, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I will. Right now I haven't. But if you come with me, we can get a two for one special, Could we? right? Oh God, yeah. Could we? We'd get a deal if Do I we get like half in? a wrinkle each yes. solved or what happens? Yeah, we just have one brow furrow. <laughs> Yeah. What does it cost? Okay. From from mine, I get I get um, where I pinch my 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 furrow together because I think because of singing all the time and stuff, I get a little bit there. I get a little bit at the corner of my eyes, like my crow's feet, and a teeny bit in my forehead. I'm mindful of that because I'm singing and because I'm doing some acting now. I don't. I do want my face to move. Five hundred bucks. Five hundred and thirty bucks. And for me, it lasts about ten months. Oh, wow. And I've been doing it for 15 years. Wow. The last 10 So months. I started doing it, you know, very early 40s. Yeah. And I, it kind of makes a crunch when the needle goes in. What? Yeah. It, uh, it, it goes in. Oh my God. It's the worst sound. Ugh. It just kind of goes crunch. It doesn't really hurt that much. I, I'm not afraid of needles, but you hear this little kind of a pop. It goes through a few layers of your skin and that's the worst part of it for me is the sound. And then it takes about 48 hours to actually, you know, you leave there and you're going, nothing is happening. And then 48 hours later, you're like, 
holy cow. This is, and you, like, even now, I'm, I mean, I'm due for some Botox probably in the next month or so, but I, I could try so hard and I cannot, I can't push my, anyways, we got to go. I, 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 I have not. I mean, I just thinking about that. I don't really like um, doctors' offices. Don't that do much. a Botox party for for heaven's sakes. Okay. Go to a go to an actual a real legit yes. guy. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to go home and look at the furrows in my brow. Okay. And I'm going to. You don't have any. You look fantastic. <laughs> I do. I do have. Oh, that's okay. I'm all right. I'm my okay grandma with said, if you right don't now. want any wrinkles, gain ten pounds every year. So we'll leave you with that. All right. So on that note, everybody, uh, talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. La la la. la.